Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Here I am, uh, living on the internet, <laughs> as always. And uh, I have a guest on the episode this this week who is someone who is new to the show and also relatively new to me as far as your music. So I think that the best way to kick things off is if you want to just introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is that you do. Uh, yeah, I'm Jonas Scott. I go by the, the artist name Van Allen. Um, yeah, and I've just been writing some music for a while um, and decided to start putting some some stuff out again so cool yeah well, when did this yeah. van allen album come out because it's pretty recently right it is just yeah. just recently been released yeah i've been just kind of sitting on some tunes um march 12th okay was the the small eclipse uh, lp and then i think it was april 2nd i dropped another one uh which was eight tracks uh digital love thing cool and then i i just released another one the other day i didn't really tell many people about that one it's just uh some stuff i did way back in the day that was kind of eating at me a bit i wanted to get it out there so yeah cool. so is that kind of the uh the mode for this is sort of a low-key just sort of release things when you have things vibe yeah like at, at this point in time um like it definitely it started like that like it, it started with this um i mean covid and all this other stuff yeah uh, everybody having downtime, it was kind of like the best time to start doing uh, this kind of thing again. Um, I started getting more gear uh, and getting back into it just th- with a different approach. Okay. And that that kind of made me start thinking, you know, maybe this is something I could, you know, invest in a recorder, you know, nothing crazy, um, but just track some stuff and see if I can you know, eventually I just decided to mix and master it myself, um, you know, which I, I do have a lot of ambition and wanting to work with uh, some of the amazing engineers and mixing and mastering engineers in the city alone, yeah. too, has There's so many yeah. people. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I do want to work with more people now that it's evolving a little bit more, but it definitely did start pretty chill and still is kind of chill. Okay. But uh, there there are some new things like uh, physical format talk. Cool, cool. Um, I'm, a hu- I'm a huge vinyl guy, so that's kind of where it, it led to that direction. So now it's really something that's happening, and I'm oh, that's awesome! Wow. Super excited because that's yeah, that's so hard. Small. That's hard to do, right? I mean, everyone kind of aspires oh. to release something on vinyl, but it's just just the uh, I mean, the time it takes and the, and the cost and everything it's, it's prohibitive for a lot of people. So it's very cool that you figured out a way to do that. Yeah, like, and working with somebody that um, is new as well. And I think that's where um, there's a, a gentleman out where I'm from here, Gimli, um, that's starting a record label. Cool. Um, Fleece Records. Um, he also owns the, the pub in town here. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The Ship and Plow. Yeah. And they have and a lot so of good shows really, there, too. Really like... Been, oh, like, and, like, great Winnipeg acts that yeah. come out to Gimli every summer. They're always playing there. So, I mean, he's always ha- had a, a little bit of a touch into the, the music scene already. Yeah, yeah, And I sure. think he really, he wanted to, you know, start making some compilations of some local artists and things like that. So now I uh, was able to work with him enough and Small Eclipse is going to be released on vinyl. It, we should be having the test pressings back any day now. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's like crazy. Um, it's going to be like a limited edition uh, colored vinyl so yeah it's it's really cool that's super cool yeah like yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's I, I i'm kind of jealous <laughs> none of my none of my bands i was ever yeah. in ever released anything on vinyl and, and it's, it's cool to see that people are still doing it well that's that's just like you were saying like it's it's one of those things that all of us like aspire to 
totally. now that vinyl's really coming back to you and it's like wow to have something on on that format is definitely for a smaller independent artist a bonus to, to yeah. think about it so yeah one, one of the questions I hate asking people and everyone hates answering, but I kind of feel like I have to ask it is how do you define what it is that you do? Because when I first heard it, I think that the, the response I gave you was that it sounded cosmic to me, which I, I mean yeah. that in the best possible way. But I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's somewhat hard to pin down because there's parts of it are, you know, um, psychedelic mm-hmm. almost. Uh, there's, there's kind of synthy things going on that there's a lot of, there's Definitely. a lot, a lot in there, right? So what's this kind yeah. of Cole's notes short version of defining what you do? Yeah, like, I, I mean, that's totally, I think it's just your mindset, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I've always been the, the type of person to just be a little bit all over the map. Okay. And I, I think that's kind of where this is, um, there's elements of uh, my past bands and, and things I've done over the last decades that are a part of the new thing, but it's it's definitely like new gear and new technology as that's evolving is forcing some of us artists out of our comfort zones and yeah. into these new things. But it's definitely just inspired me to get back into it in general. And I think for me, it's like, I don't know, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to like not define it. Not, I'm trying not to define the sound too much okay. and just let all the little elements come out. And I mean, getting back into like formats like vinyl, like I just have, so much vinyl I've listened to over the last like three or four or five years. That's been a, a huge influence. Like all these sounds from the past that uh, when you hear something good, it's just like, let it go, you know, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. work that into the sound a little bit. So, yeah. Is that maybe an easier know. way to define it though? It's just like what, maybe referencing some of the, some of the artists that you've listened to that have inspired yeah. this project. Is that maybe a easier uh, route? Yeah. D- I mean, like that's, I mean, like you say, it's kind of like all over the map or like it's cosmic, this cosmic vibe. Yeah. Like, I think uh, some of the, the technology that I'm working with, like uh, the drum machines and the loop machines and all these other things uh, gives like a bit of that spacey vibe, mm-hmm. I think. But there is, uh, I haven't really listened to too much of one thing for so long. And that's where this these last few years of just sifting through all these different uh, genres, even things I wasn't really listening to before. Okay. Okay. Um, there's this one band. I could just give it an example. Sure. Um, there's this, there's this one band, uh, Paris. Okay. From they're like a, they were categorized as a glam rock band. But like when you listen to one of their albums, uh, big town 2061. Okay. By Par- by Paris, listen to that album. It's like, or if you can online, but I have the vinyl. And when I found it, I was like, what is this thing? Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, maybe what you're thinking there. Because it's like, they jump from like, the Who, like there's this vibe of the Who. But then there's like, this kind of 90s grunge vibe that starts okay. popping in. Okay. But then there's elements of, do- you could tell dudes were playing in like, these crazy like rock bands in the late 60s. So that kind of, came into it as well so it was like had this like hard rock edge cool but i mean i guess all the other bands at the time were wearing makeup and wearing dresses and getting crazy so they just <laughs> slap them into glam rock but i guess that's probably what would happen to me in the 21st century it's just like, <laughs> right right yeah somebody would slap a label on me I'm, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know the. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your. It, it does a little bit. It's, it's cool, but I mean, obviously, um, no one's playing shows right now because of the pandemic, yeah. and it's affected everyone playing music of any kind. But is this something that once things kind of get back to normal, if they do, that you can do live, or would you need to kind of greatly expand the number of people involved? See, that's that's exactly like the approach that I was talking about earlier, like being different this yeah. time around. Um, I've limited myself, like I don't have a, I have a laptop, but no like actual software or anything like that. So everything was just done on, uh, on a tape machine. Right on. And then, and then also I put it through to another task unit that basically writes everything into SD card. Oh, cool. So I, I could bring the files onto a computer and master on a computer, but everything else is really outside the realm of how things have been going lately and the trend of just kind of sitting behind a computer, yeah. especially with the, the editing portion of things and like mixing. Um, 
has made it a lot easier to feel like when I compose the songs through these loops with the drum machine, everything running MIDI and synced like that. Um, that was kind of the point is like, I want to be able to replicate this. And so when people hear it live, like for me, I'm notoriously just, I, I get so sick of my own stuff so quickly. Yeah. And that's always kind of, I think that's maybe my Achilles heel a little bit, but um, yeah. So in terms of staying on top of that, I made sure that the process in which I wrote these songs, uh, they're all kind of saved in this technology. Okay. So in a sense, if it was just me, which I am talking to a couple friends and looking at maybe doing some collaborative sets. Uh, so it's kind of like mixing and mashing up our songs and stuff. Oh, cool. But, uh, but other than that, like I've designed it so that I can kind of go out there and do a little one man show thing. So now things are kind of involving into this uh, two part uh, set where one's a little more organic with more live instruments. Yeah. But also synced to the songs that you've heard on the albums. Cool, cool. So, yeah. So that's kind of the plan for once things start getting a little bit more progressive in terms of gigging and shows opening up. Yeah. I do want to have, I definitely want to have something uh, that's different from me but at least give the people what they're hearing like a good show and still have that element too. So yeah. Yeah.
do you think that the, the type of stuff you're playing lends itself well to a live performance? I mean, I, again, I don't, want, I don't want to keep misusing the word cos- cosmic, but it is the adjective that came up when I, when I was listening to it, and it definitely strikes me as something that could be very entertaining to watch under the right circumstances, maybe. Yeah, like, it has to be... That's the thing. That's why there's elements that I'm adding into the set that are more organic, like mm-hmm. uh, looping, looping live drums, um, like looping a live tom drum to have a little bit of... Uh, and then looping my voice in different ways and doing harmonies that way. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. And then using the tape, the tape machine as, like, a drone instrument. Cool. So those three elements as their own thing is kind of a, a little bit of a nod to that the things that I'm used to and the things that I remember doing and having the guitar just kind of be the central thing of what I've been used to my whole life and, yeah uh, ties it all together a little bit so I know it's cosmic for sure and there's I'm I'm almost hearing it because I'm learning the things myself like I I think that's another way that I write is after a while I start listening back a little bit and I'm like okay I think I know where I'm going with it a little bit more. Like it's not, not something I even really know what's happening when it's happening, but then through a few little experiments and then starting to see things open up, you're like, okay, I think I could take it this way and see, see where it goes. So yeah, I think the live show will be, you know, reminiscent of the songs, but in a way that it's, it's new. So it's not so uh, just the same thing over and over again kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I like what you just said about kind of the song sort of, uh, the sound sort of revealing itself as you go along, which I think a lot of people go into playing music or go into a new project with the idea of, you know, this is going to sound like this. This is what kind of band it is. This is what kind of project it is. But I like that yours is kind of just, it's unveiling itself as you kind of progress with it. So, I mean, do you think that what you have now on on this record that people are, are hearing, is there potentially, that's going to be completely different, you know, a year down the line, two years down the line? Is the sound constantly evolving? Yeah, like, yeah, like it might be something like that. Like, I think that the the tools in which I use uh, will always be kind of affecting that. And there's like this, there's this other part of me that really wants to uh, hearing some of the singer songwriter stuff uh, that's been coming out lately. Like, like people have just been exploding. Yeah, like the the talent of like everybody. I don't know, all over the world, maybe. Like, there's just that backlash, I guess, to all this isolation where you're just seeing so much good material come out. And I'm like, you know, there's, I want to do some more singer songwriter stuff. I want to do uh, some more just funky, just funky stuff. You yeah. know, I, I, I've always been a blues guy. So I, th- I feel like maybe where my strengths are, I'll always kind of be there some, in some way. Yeah. Um, whether it's working with somebody else or if it actually is like, you know, taking it into another direction. Um, but I've had other projects in the past and I think maybe that is kind of just where, who I am. Maybe I am just like the type of person that really gets not tired of a certain thing, but it's just, you need to, I like to switch it up a little bit and then feel out another sound and see if yeah. I could bring it into another thing I'm working into. And yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I, I think that, um, some of those elements do come into like what I've heard anyway, where it's, you know, it could start off sounding very experimental and then there's a big hook or then there's, you know, like a, a exactly. very funky part that is very accessible. And then maybe the yeah. next track goes into something a little bit more out there. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like I think I've always been being a guitar player almost first. It's like, maybe that's like a it's almost a what's the word like it's it's an awesome thing to have but it's also like a really difficult thing when you're getting into production because then it's like i don't want it to be riff rock kind of stuff but at the same time it's like i could take certain things that i normally would do with the tool that i'm used to and i'll put it into something else where i'll you know use the keyboard essentially as anything like whatever instrument like I have this MC 707 that kind of turns eight different tracks into whatever synth sound you want oh, cool. or instrument. So that kind of like makes this, uh, opens this keyboard up and that's kind of where I've gravitated to. I haven't really touched the guitar for a long time. So I feel like that's why the music has really been sparse guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, whereas that other part of me that just wants to riff everything kind of chilled out a little bit. So yeah, there is, there's definitely like a, you know, I think it's those moments in the, in some of the songs that 
can take away a little bit from those other songs that I think us artists put on albums to try and uh, feature another song, you know, or like yeah, compliment yeah. another song or in this way, like conceptualize from point A to point B. Cause like sm small eclipse was really like a, a point A to point B planned out. Uh, took my, I took about three months with that one to really with an artist and like working with all this different art. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like there is some kind of direction. It, it is my mind that just kind of is all over the place. I think that, if people follow me, I think it, it could be a thing, but it has to be like constantly evolving uh, with a certain type of theme, I think. And that's where like Van Allen and this whole, the name and the whole idea kind of comes from Okay. Uh, approaching it. Not so much as myself as like somebody who's just trying to act as a sponge and take a little bit of everything in. And I want to, you know, collaborate with other artists too in different genres. So I think that, this is kind of like a good way to put out some music that people from all different kind of uh, walks of life with music can, you know, maybe hear something. Yeah. That they're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah, that's we'll a, see good, how that kind that's of goes a good way through. of looking at it for sure. mentioned you know the the idea of that album being kind of point a to point b H how does what you do fit in with the way that unfortunately well in my opinion anyway most people listen to music these days which is listening to things piecemeal yeah right i mean you're not gonna yeah and i wish you could but you can't expect people to necessarily listen to a record from no. you know, track one to track 10 and not take any breaks right it's it's so yeah 
do you care about that? Or does that bother you when you're putting something together that you know someone's maybe going to take track five and listen to a minute and a half of it rather than experiencing the whole project? Absolutely. Like, I mean, but like, like any artist, like once you start to get to the certain level, like you start to see, like if you're writing better content, better content, you're getting better. You get to this level where you're like, uh, it's gone. Like it's, it's no longer, uh, the best thing that you did. And now it's like going to be judged by everybody. And, and like, it's, right. it's, a, if it's a personal thing to you, then yeah, absolutely. Um, I take it a little bit, uh, to heart, but at the same time, I've learned a long time ago to kind of let that part go. Cause I learned like, once you release something, you have to be willing to just say, like, I'm going to play it a thousand times over and I'll, I'll hate it by the end of it. But <laughs> As long as everybody else kind of got their fill out of it. Yeah. And so with that mentality, I approach it and don't get so offended. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't, I wish things were kind of a little bit more uh, conceptualized and thought out when it comes to uh, the theme of an album or something like that. But, But yeah, I mean, we have these options. It's like, oh, pick the song that you think everybody else will like. Yeah. Um, to be the feature on your Spotify list or on this thing or on that thing. And so, yeah, it kind of forces you to, to think that way. Like everything's all about just like 30 seconds and is it good within 30 seconds? If not next. Yeah. So, but, but it doesn't really affect me enough to, to want to stop what I'm doing. I think that's why I'm not like super, uh, you know, go get or want to go get signed to this thing and, do all these crazy things like I do want to you know take it seriously but I think because of that alone I just want to do what I want to do yeah. you know what I mean like I and mean, so that's going to definitely maybe affect uh some of the listeners but I I think even just now that's how you build the followers that you're starting to build is like these people are like yo this guy you know does think about it from point A to point B yeah. and I can listen to the album from here to there and it, it, if I'm listening maybe I can hear the story I think the vinyl is going to help with that too. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That the people who are buying the vinyl are going to be people who are most likely to sit down and just take in the whole, the whole thing is one, one piece. right? Absolutely. And like the artwork, like uh, I work with this uh, fantastic artist. I grew up with this guy, um, Anthony Nelson. He's amazing, amazing artist. And he did, you know, five amazing pieces. Um, And, you know, to have one on the cover, that's cool. But like, that's another thing about, you know, the internet just shows the cover. Totally. And you know what I mean? And like, so some of the things, like I've added some bonus features on Bandcamp now, like with the the actual like full art download, if you buy the album and cool. everything like that. But the vinyl, yeah, it's going to be that physical, tangible, like pull, there's going to be some album artwork nice. when you pull it out too. So it's like, it's got to fold out. So yeah, that, like I think that kind of experience will bring people back to the idea of like, oh yeah, this is like how music kind of evolved and was at a, a certain time. You know? Yeah. Well, not... Yeah. Um... As you're as you're outside of the city, right? Do you feel yeah. a, a level of detachment from the local music community, or do you think that you know, in the age of the internet and everyone being connected anyway, that you are kind of it's not an issue? Um, and detachment know, could, doesn't necessarily mean bad either. Detachment could be a good thing, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, for me being out here, um, it's not so hard for me to think of it that way because it's like a it's like a home vibe, right? Yeah, um, Gimli. But, um, but yeah, like developing friendships in the city and working with different artists. And I've, you know, worked with other people outside of Manitoba and, and done my thing back in the day when I was younger. And so, like, you're reminiscent of all that. But I think part of you wants that isolation. That's why you're kind of there in the first place. But, yeah, there is a, a downfall to that. And that's kind of been that collaborative, you know, vibe of, like, starting to really you know, apply myself a little bit more yeah, um, and then feel like, yeah, there's not really much in the digital world for me, like in terms of that. I'm not so, you know, great with computers and all those kind of things. So, I mean, I'm learning how all these things are working and how all this stuff's working in terms of like, I'm seeing artists putting out virtual shows and doing yeah. all these things. And yeah, I'm not quite in that scene. So in that respect, absolutely. It's kind of like, uh, it, it'll be good to like, start making more connections but i i did self 
like I self-detached, I think, uh, for various reasons, but okay. I got a, a bunch of children. Um, and I think another thing for me was like, um, you know, alcohol was a big deal as well was for me anyways. Okay. That was like, a something that, uh, you know, evolved over time. And I think every artist knows how that, that whole thing goes. And if you can kind of conquer it, that's a great thing, but maybe it does take a little bit of, uh, isolation and things like that. And yeah. Like, yeah. finding finding out how you're going to approach it and how you're going to do it so that's kind of where i'm coming from with this too is like coming out of um a little bit of that and like being in a sober state of mind and always feeling that way and uh makes you feel like i'm determined just as much as everyone else but i do have that feeling of like you know the scene is is what the scene is and like i have to be you know respectful of who i was maybe like there is parts of the scene that would remember me even as like, uh, you know, somebody who I'm evolving to not be, yeah, you yeah. know, and those are the kind of things that I think, and I mean, music scenes are just notorious for that. Cause like, especially in a city like Winnipeg, it's like, there's so much going on. It's such a small it's city. It's so though, incestuous. Everyone's been in each other's bands. Yeah. Everyone knows each other. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's totally it. Like, and, and so, I mean, nothing really carries on for too long before you start to feel like, it's either me or this whole thing, you yeah, know, yeah, and I yeah. have to either, like, I, I got to either figure out my thing. So I think approaching it now in a better state of mind will make it easier to kind of uh, feel good in the scene and, and it'd be more about the music and not so much about the, the scene, yeah. I guess, or like the, the venues and the, you know, I, I remember like being in it from such a young age. Like I started uh, actually playing shows like when we were like 13, 14, and then getting into clubs and things like that when we were like 16, 17. So like alcohol was always just like this thing. Totally. That like you knew, like once you got to a certain age, it was like they're holding it back from you. But then boom, like it's people on the inside being like, yo, come on. As soon as you don't you have know, the stamp like, on your hand anymore, you're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah don't yeah. worry about it. Like no one's going to bust you. It's all good. Yeah. And then, so it became this thing of like payment as well. And that's something I'm really like not. Uh, that's something I've always had like a really bad uh thing with and especially lately like so the idea of playing pubs and stuff like that i've always had a bad experience uh now being in that st the state of mind thinking that like that's how you know i got paid like that for a long time yeah like just booze and and you know alcohol or whatever it is and it's like you start to realize like wow i'm not even taking myself seriously with this thing you know yeah. and that's well, no one else is either, right? If they know they can pay you with that, they're not, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, you're definitely in a state of mind that it's like, it wasn't even about music anymore. Like, or some of the bands I was playing with, like, really awesome people, um, talented people, and then you're just going to shows basically to to just do your thing. You're not, yeah. you're not there for, like, the music anymore. So, yeah, there's been some, like, really nice perspective changes that make me feel like approaching the scene... Um, and it being about the music kind of wholeheartedly now yeah. is a big, big step forward. Yeah.
I mean, just to go back a bit, what bands might people re- recognize you from? Because, I mean, you know, like you said, you've been doing this for, for a long time. Yeah. Like, when I was much younger, and that was another thing, like, being in a Gimli band, that's when you felt the separation at, like, sure, 13. Sure, sure. Like, like we, we started a high school band, and there was a couple bands, you know, and, like, things were not so hype, though, you know? It just wasn't like Winnipeg. Like, you could be a high school band in Winnipeg and be playing shows, like, every weekend. I was doing that. I was and in high school band. We were playing the Albert and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, And, I mean, I remember, like, eventually we started getting, like, with a booking agent, and we were still young enough to be in high school. So, like, I, I remember meeting dudes like you and, like, starting – it was dudes like you kind of brought us in and we're like, right. oh, this is cool. Like a, ba- a band we haven't really seen every weekend, you know, too. So yeah, we I guess so. Yeah, start, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like our first show uh, with a band called Stranger was like the high school band. Okay. But like the first, the first dudes to let us open for them was like the perpetrators. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. At like, at, at like, I can't remember what it was called at the time. If it was, uh, uh, Joe's Garage, or oh yeah, that, that thing has had so many names. That yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it was like it was so long ago. But I remember that so vividly because it was like, wow, finally, like some bands that you heard on the radio and like some dudes that you really respected were like, hey, this is cool. Some young kids just like making noise and Gimli. That's yeah, that's cool. But that evolved into like so knowing a lot of people already by the time I was out of high school and getting into Winnipeg, um, and then moved out and played with a few dudes. They became a band called Wild Sun. Uh, I was playing like in Toronto with them in the Toronto area. Okay. But then they moved out West. And during that time I made a transition. I had my daughter around that time. This was about a decade ago. Okay. Um, So I stayed closer to home, but was still active. I met um, Micah Ehrenberg at that time, around that time. So worked with Micah on, a few different things like he was uh i think when we met he was doing his solo stuff it was like the zappa the zappa stuff okay which is like kind of kind of some of his like earlier stuff in general but uh was just like blown away yeah i guess a great uh, songwriter with yeah. him yeah and this was like when he was probably like i don't even know 16 maybe seven like he was still a high school kid too so he's, I remember he's still really not young. even all that old really right like i mean I know, he's, he's still a young guy no, yeah. he's probably only like what 25 or something like that yeah, yeah. but yeah he's no he's always been somebody that right from the get-go i remember thinking wow like it's it's really nice to see somebody you know especially like his age yeah uh diving deep into some of that singer songwriter stuff and he had a respect for it at totally. the same time that I met I, that I met him at that time, it was like wow, it was like you know a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, working with him on quite a bit of different things, like his solo stuff. We've done our own little things over time. Um, we kind of picked away with some dudes in the basement on what eventually became like Trio Tell Fair. Yeah, and so so that's kind of something that has always been like an ongoing dudes in the scene that i've always played with would always be somewhere there but it was kind of like a, a really cool core at the beginning of people yeah um and yeah like we released i think it was uh little red express and we did some stuff on micah's t- tape machine and that was kind of like the beginning of like let's just like we're always in this basement like let's just a <laughs> <laughs> buddy had a my buddy Corey there had a, a Tascam, one of those little handheld, and it gets a decent sound. Yeah. And eventually it kind of evolved into like getting a better sound. And um, so everything was just live off the floor. And that's just always been like, like that's my comfort zone. Like oh, if right. I could just do Trio Telfair every show, that would kind of be like what I'd want to do. Okay. But I think what, where this is kind of evolving is like, the elements of trio telfair for a live set so like the live set having more of that kind of like spur the moment um letting things kind of just happen and see what what happens like a musical stream like of consciousness a, kind of yeah and like we you notice people's reactions like it's really weird we've played some shows where it was like we played like really small little shows and then we started playing like randomly like bigger shows and then like, I don't know how or why, like, I was, like, kind of, like, blown away when dude, the buddies were like, yo, 
they want to book us at this thing. They want to book yeah. us at that thing. Like playing at the Forks and then that Human Rights Museum. Yeah, the show, Jazz Fest like, thing. Eh? Yeah, that was a huge deal. Yeah. So like the people that were taking Trio Telfair seriously, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. Like this would be something I'd like to do, you know, now that I'm in like a really nice state of mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of as a side project, it would be nice to really start up something like that again and get that like full force. Cause that was kind of just like uh, us in the basement doing our thing. Yeah. Um, which is cool, but like keeping that premise of like everything being made up, you start to see the crowd, like something happens. And then all of a sudden, if you react to that, it's like you could just drive the whole show yeah. in an interesting way. Yeah. Some of those bigger shows where you started having more people in the audience, that's where things started getting a little nutty. <laughs> so, uh, so some of the live recordings and stuff like that are really cool because yeah. they're just like, you could tell people are like slowing down and then the music starts chilling out. And then there's like one person in the audience who's like wanting it to just, it's not on their level yet. And then, so they start <laughs> picking it up and we start picking it up. And then eventually it's like a totally different place. And it's like, you could do that with just like, no structure just completely like allowing things to just happen and yeah. yeah that's like where music's the best for sure that seems like the kind of thing that would feed off of an audience too if it's the right kind of audience right if the crowd's into it that's definitely going to inform the direction the music takes and that the energy level and the passion and stuff in it right absolutely yeah like you and you start looking at each other and you're like wow that's that's nutty like like you start to feel it and that's kind of what i think we were we're starting to go for was like if it's us in the basement, that's really cool. But like yeah. when we start being around people, this thing becomes like a whole other beast. Yeah, like yeah. some of the shows were really intense. And like when there were the more of us in the set too, if there was like five or six of us, like some of the shows at whatever it was called at that time too. But now it's like the handsome daughter, I guess. Yeah, the thing's um, had like five names in the past yeah, fifteen years. I'm just gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna call it H D now. Yeah. <laughs> the H D. But um I remember some sets there too, like, cause those are ones you're just like not feeling any pressure. And it's just like, uh, to do what you're doing already is kind of like a lot of, you f start to feel a little bit of pressure when you're like, yeah, not, there's no set list. People are looking at you like, <laughs> like where the, where the, where's this going? Yo? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something crazy happens and everyone's like, Oh, whoa, this is nuts. And that's where you can really, that's when you got everybody and then you can just drive it home. It's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. To to skip ahead back to the uh, the Van Allen stuff, where can people where can people find the the records you've done recently? Uh, so everything I've made it available. I, I've uh, been working through DistroKid to just get things out to all those streaming platforms. Um, so Spotify, you can find me uh, Van Allen. Just search Van Allen, Small Eclipse, or Digital Love Thing, or. Uh, Teravosis M is the new album okay. that just came out. It's like a five-track EP. Um, and then iTunes, you can buy it, like Apple Music and that whole way. Um, same thing, search Van Allen. You can stream everything on YouTube, which is pretty yeah, that's convenient. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Van Allen Fan Club on YouTube. And then uh, I'm setting up all the albums on uh, Bandcamp again to i had an account from a, a while ago that i'm just gonna start popping my albums onto and yeah. making that the van allen Bandcamp page so that's the va fan club at bandcamp.com cool and then if people want to find yeah. out more about what you're doing as far as you know maybe following up and finding out when the vinyl comes out or if things change when you're playing a show what's the best way to stay in touch with you that way um i guess following my instagram is is one of the best ways because it's just I guess the way that everybody's doing things these days. Totally, um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, wild style. So that's Y L sorry, W Y dot L D underscore style. Uh, that's my, where you could find me basically on Instagram, but yeah, I, I just started that kind of thing. Like um, you could see a little bit more of like what the live sets evolving into there. Um, videos that I'm making yeah. that I'm just kind of doing yeah, more consistently. Those, yeah. yeah, and so yeah, that's the that's the main place I'd say to just kind of check things out, and then you can check my website link from there to go to all the other streaming sites. So yeah. awesome.